Thanks for downloading the Nightcap Series 4, sponsored by Guzborns. More on them later when we grab ourselves a drink. We are so delighted to be back for Series 4. With COVID and all the various challenges the industry has faced in getting things up and running over the last year, we've been gone for way longer than we wanted to. Uh, but nevertheless, we are back with eight more episodes and with some great guests lined up for you. Some of these episodes were recorded at the back end of 2021, some were more recent, but we wanted to leave all the content in there for you to enjoy regardless. Remember, for more content and videos follow us on instagram and twitter at the nightcap underscore pod and very soon we'll be launching our brand new youtube channel where for the first time we'll be putting up every episode of the series for you to watch if you'd rather see our rosy cheeked faces enjoy Welcome to the nightcap, life behind the mission start, or should I say day cap today? Is yeah, the first time we've ever afternoon done one cap. Afternoon, afternoon yeah. drinking. It's never, drinking. never too early for fizz, is it? <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Uh, this is a lock-in here where we candidly discuss and debate all things culinary over a few drinks. As always, we are sat upstairs at Salt Restaurant in the heart of Stratford-upon-Avon, Shakespeare's home in Warwickshire. It's about 1.30 in the afternoon. Service is continuing downstairs. Let me introduce myself and what we're all doing here together. My name's Simon Alexander. I'm a podcaster, producer, and daytime cooking show contestant. To my left, playing host, Michelin star, head chef and owner of Salt, Mr. Paul Foster. How you doing? You all right, yeah? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. And our guest today is Michelin star, chef and owner of SY23 in Aberystwyth, and 2022 GBM banquet finalist, Mr. Nathan Davies. How you doing, buddy? Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, oh, cheers. absolute pleasure. Uh, how was lunch, firstly? First time at Salt, yeah. right? Yeah, lunch was lovely, and thank you for doing lunch, legs. I'm going to shoot off after this yeah, to get back for dinner service. So, <laughs> well, we really um, wanted you on and that's yeah. why we sort of like, it was a bit of a weird one. But, yeah, it's um, a bit of an express lunch. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was class. It was absolutely made up because we, we thought we weren't going to be able to do it and like mm. you guys fitted us, fitted us in and Not put us up last night as opposed to tonight. So, um, Oh, yeah. pleasure what was no, exactly we, we want we want you guys here so we do it properly not over exactly. not over zoom it works much better for us yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah nice first, to get time, out. first time in this restaurant what, what do you make of the we've just been talking reef verbs actually you've just had one you yeah. just had one yeah, yeah. Bloody nightmare, was it? Both of you? Yeah, <laughs> fucking nightmare. It's horrible. <laughs> but I was stupidly doing the kitchen and the restaurant together at the same time. Oh, yeah, man. which yeah. was a challenge. I'm glad I did because the kitchen was in absolute shit state and the restaurant was desperate. If I'd have done one without the other, it would have looked yeah, just totally cool. imbalanced. Yeah. So we just had to throw what money we had at it. <laughs> you know what? So many restaurants is where you go to and the dining room's ace. And like We've all worked in those places where the dining room's beautiful and everything looks plush mm. and then you go in the kitchen you're like what the yeah. Going on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah when it's the chef doing the refurb it's normally kitchen's got to work on it and exactly and like, i think as a chef owner as well you you, you do both you, you understand the importance of the restaurant more and you obviously want the kitchen good but if not not a chef owner at all you know they're going to take shortcuts in the yeah. kitchen and not not put as much effort into it yeah, saying exactly. that i've had a shit kitchen for five years oh it was terrible i was telling telling nathan earlier the stove because i had that slab of metal i've told you yeah. about the stove the back legs were gone so it was on the piss so you put butter in a pan and it go to the end <laughs> So oh, it was like completely sweet. unlevel, gas so, leak yeah. and everything. Yeah. It's like a handicap, that. So you should get more for getting a star under those conditions. <laughs> butter roll into the edge of your you, you know what, though? It's just every kitchen you go to, the chefs do something. It's like they're retrofitting something or they're like, yeah, yeah. they're playing like playing around with something to make sure that you got, you, you work your space, don't you? And like, yeah. 
we, we, we've not refilled the kitchen or anything because we only opened in December 19, which was a fantastic time to, mm -hmm. to throw everything at a restaurant mm -hmm. um, because we, we had at least six weeks to open and then we got closed again. So like the kitchen for us is still almost brand new. We've, we've, yeah. we've been there two years, but we've, we've just finished our first full years of books. So we, up wow. until that point, um, Mark, who's um, a business partner and an investor in the project, basically, um, yeah, he, he approached me like December, uh, sorry, in 2019 and said, should we do something? It took us until, took us until December to get it sorted. And then he's literally closed straight away. Yeah. We opened, I mean, Wales, we opened like six weeks after you guys here. Wow. And then we closed earlier. And then we only got back to no social distancing in, in oh, February gosh. of this year. I didn't even realise that until he said earlier. Yeah. Like, that's mad. So the kitchen... When did we stop that? Two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Where is time going? Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, but it, right. it was... You know, so for us, our refit really was like liquor paint. We needed to address the outside of the building because it was like starting to look a bit scabby and stuff. But mm -hmm. So it was, it was knock the paint off, start again, build a new wine station to add to that extra table. Now mm -hmm. we can do because of the social distancing being disappeared and everything. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, so it wasn't as hectic as yours because you had a few blips and stuff with furniture and all that sort of Just stuff, few, didn't you? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I lost my rag on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> It's hard to imagine right, you yeah. did lose your rag. Yeah, 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 for a change. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just nice and it come back, especially after you've had a break with the like, fresh lick of paint and oh, yeah. it gives you a new lease of life. It feels like you're really gunning it for really the next does. step. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Really and that's does. what, we've done minor changes really, but like when we closed, every single member of the team, um, because we've got, we've got like a casual dining area outside. So that team stayed because uh, they'll have their holidays at, at separate times. Um, but the restaurant, because we are short-staffed and you know we haven't got the team to carry on, we close, and every single member of staff disappeared abroad. Like really? it was yeah. their first holiday for yeah. Oh, yeah, for like a couple of years. Wow! So everyone shot off abroad, and like <laughs> everyone's come back with a dead good tan and like stories of renting a speedboat for the weekend and everything else. And they're like, "What did <laughs> you do?" Nice. I'm like, "Well, I went to cooking pub in the park and I was here. I was here checking the painters are doing all right and yeah. Yeah. built a wine station. They're like." Cool. Yeah, but it was, it's lovely to come back to like a, a fresh start, and then yeah, yeah that's yeah, us. So it just gives everyone a new lease of life, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, so coming up on today's podcast, uh, we're going to be talking a bit about uh, Nathan's experience with GPM and getting to the banquet this year. We're going to be talking about cooking over flames and barbecues, especially heading into the summer if it eventually starts here in the UK. We've got boiling point, all the usual bits as well cowboy stories, cooking hacks, etc. But first, this is a nightcap or day drinking. So we are once again for series four, opening a beautiful bottle of Gusborne's finest award-winning English sparkling wine. You can visit their website now, it's gusborne.com. See which of their very special vintage releases you might like to purchase and enjoy at home. All with free UK Maidland delivery, no minimum order required. Paul, what have we today? So one we haven't had in a while, actually, the Blanc de Blanc. So, mm. I mean, it's a quite a sunny day I mean it's never a bad day for some Blanc de Blanc is yeah, it yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so 100% Chardonnay all from all from their their own vineyards and it's oh, it's just stunning much. stands up to most cheers all great champagnes cheers cheers, cheers guys would you, what would you have served with this with any of the lunch dishes you got on today um it's quite versatile, really. I think champagne or champagne-style wines are more versatile than people think, in my opinion. Like traditionally, like fatty things and salamis and stuff. But um, you know, we've served meat dishes before. If you get the sauce right, that's mm -hmm. the key. Um, it would have been lovely with the fish dish you had today. Yeah. I think. Well, what um, was the fish dish? You tell us. Yeah, it's no a, <laughs> a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a beautiful piece of halibut. Um, 
lovely and crispy on the one side and, um, with some asparagus uh, there was a creme fraiche sauce. I think you cook it through with some chicken stock or something like that. Was, um, we just make a really intense fish stock. So yeah. cook it a bit more than you yeah. would. So it's a bit richer. Mm. And then, yeah, finish it with creme fraiche and love a bit of love a just sort of like freshen it up. Yeah. Yeah, it was lovely. Just a really simple, fresh, tasty dish, fresh ingredients. And That's be perfect though, with we, this wine. We were just talking about some bits before we were recording about still massive problems with like, people overcomplicating dishes, adding one too many things to it what you just described there just just stop there so many people i think get tempted to add even more even more even more yeah it's always things. been a common problem it's yeah. something you're, yeah, you're taught away, as, as young chefs or... and yeah people just still do whether they i don't know what, what it is, is. It worried it's too simple worried it's, it's i think a lot of it comes down to insecurity it's in your definitely cooking. insecurities like uh, and also and what what you get, I reckon, with young chefs is they want to throw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. Like they want to show how good they are. They want to show how much they're learning. They want to show their, they want to, you want to look at a plate and they're thinking, I want to show them how passionate I am about food because yeah. I'll load it up with every ingredient mm. I've ever seen yeah. and every techers I've ever learned from anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And you're like, or, or you'll have like one dish and you'll have like three different things to come alongside it and then somebody's pouring a sauce on it and you're like, whoa, yeah. now, slow. If great chefs and stuff like that can pull it all off, it's it can be done. And, and a lot of restaurants do a lot of it, don't they? Where they'll mm. have like lots of separate dishes or mm-hmm. quite a lot of ingredients on the plate. But it's it's the opposite of what I do. And I haven't, I haven't had lunch here today. Like it's it's definitely not what you do. Like no. I think we're quite similar in the way we look Got at things. Purist. Like, simple. Mm. Yeah. Bring it back. And like when we we look at ingredients and like a lot of the time we'll go back to the back to the year. So if if for example we're just about to get strawberries come on the menu uh, and we'll do a, a strawberry dish that we did like last year um and almost always when we bring it back on the menu we, rather than adding something we're always taking something away really? yeah and it's editing it's yeah, like, yeah you're just yeah. slimming it down rather mm. than adding it and like just making it more of pure thing and buying the best ingredient yeah. and that's what the pursuit is more now for me rather than loads of techniques it's like is this the best is this, is this the best lamb? Is this the best halibut, best turbot? Or, you know, that way, I get more enjoyment from that than I do, like, throwing 15 techniques at that, sure. that beautiful piece of fish. Yeah, I'd rather sense. just put it in a clamp and put it on the fire. Yeah, and, nice. like, yeah. mm. that's it. It shows, yeah. when your food is oh, that simple, it shows you using great ingredients and you've got confidence in it. Yeah. When you see loads of components on a plate, not always like people are masters of that like fat duck yeah because they've got 40 odd chefs and their technical ability is like another level yeah but when these small teams and inexperienced chefs are doing it it's, a lot of the time it's not just the insecurity they're hiding hiding bad ingredients yeah yeah. yeah if it's I'm, not good enough on its own if you need to keep adding this stuff then what are you getting yeah i remember when we had brad carter on in the first series and he was telling us about when he felt like he'd almost completed it when he got to the point where he served a dish that was meat and yeah sauce. yeah like, meat and sauce it. I was, that's it <laughs> I, was like, I don't need anything else was like, that's... yeah he said main course is meat and sauce class <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I, because I, I I spent a lot of time with Gaza and Asir, um, and that menu, but being there and that the whole philosophy of like strip it back, strip it back, strip it back, mm. that was where it came from for me. Mm. Like that's where I learned my craft in just stop, refine your dishes, and some of the ingredients we used to get through the door there would like bend your mind. Um, yeah, you know the best mm. in the world, and probably more so now. Um, I saw him yesterday actually. Um, Went to go have a brew before I came up here, but um, <laughs> like the ingredients that they get through the door are frightening. You know, yeah. they're just 
when I was there, it was more it was more like best in the UK sort of thing. But now he's sort of stretched out further. And and like when I was there, you'd have you'd have like a beautiful piece of tuna, for example, that had been aged, mm-hmm. and you just put something so simple on it and send it. But you get thirty courses. Yeah. yeah. So Jeez. it was that was a, that was a masterclass in yeah. like refinement and just control and and control mm-hmm. i mean maybe not control on the budget when you when you're like buying everything because it was, <laughs> I was gonna say yeah that. he doesn't he doesn't really look at the price for stuff he just gets the best stuff in the world and that's <laughs> that's an unbelievable place to be at and like mm-hmm. very very few places in the world yeah, you'll can. you'll yeah. learn that tech you'll learn that from from somebody and be able to be mm. immersed in that world because everyone else is looking at budgets and everything else and um, maybe that's the mindset people get wrong then it's not about hide, even hiding bad ingredients or whatever it's like they don't they don't think of it as elevating good produce they see it as turning it into something new or like you know I mean? sometimes you, yeah. yeah sometimes when there's over too much technique in a dish it's like they're, yeah they're taking something that should be what it is into something completely different and you're overworking it over manipulating yeah. it yeah well we, we like we cook over a bit of charcoal so yeah. the technique for us is like Grill it. <laughs> well, let's we'll come back to GBM stuff later. Then. I think we should start with that. Like to just for a bit of context, um, SY23 was that always the plan from the beginning when you opened it a couple of years ago to just cook over flames the whole. It, that... The cooking over flames, probably yeah. yeah. If I'm honest with you, mate, I didn't really know. I I, I left I left in this year, um after four really successful years. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Massive part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you were head chef. For, I was head chef for Gaz, yeah. So for the whole, for how much of that time? No, I actually, I actually went there as like a chef to party because. Oh, no. um, when did you start there? Because uh, I ate in twenty sixteen. Just wonder if you were there. Then. It was probably then. I yeah. was probably there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I would have definitely been there twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um, so I'm just looking over at my wife trying to get, to get her to give me the nod like you were there you were there you know the diary better than I do but but no I, I was there from like 20 probably 2015 mm-hmm. to like 2019 mm. um, and yeah basically like I'd I'd worked for Gaz uh, for, a, for probably six or seven months and uh, when he first started so I was there literally his first day it was fucking mental um, there was two or three of us in the kitchen. It was it was crazy, and if I'm honest with you, I was just at the time I was too young to to deal with it. Like I just really? I just couldn't couldn't get on with it. Like I just said, like this is me. I'm checking out. I'd been there six or seven months, and and I left. I went to um, work at a, a little hotel in Aberystwyth, which is just down the road from where, where I am now. But it's just down the road from Nicaea. So was it just the, what the intensity of it? Yeah, the it hours, was mega. Just everything. Everything. Yeah. everything. Yeah. Would have been the massive kitchen change because it was this oh, yeah. country house, and then yeah. Gaz just come and ripped it off. But the but like it was like kitchen fighting against not fighting against front of house because it it, it wasn't that way. Everybody was in tune with what was going on, but customers were very very different. It was an old Relay Chateau property. Of course it was. Yeah. They were all turned oh, yeah. up in a Bentley yeah, and, white, and white, they wanted white tablecloths. Yeah, um, you know they're expecting a, a cream cheese scone waiting for them or whatever it is they're after when they, they get there. They're and we're like, me so. no, no, we don't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> and, and, and honestly, like I just couldn't cope. I was I was in my early twenties. I was just like, you know what, like can't do this um wow. so i checked out and i was you know i was exhausted went to work a little um i say little it was like a 35 bedroomed hotel on the seafront it afforded me a bit more time uh we, we had our first um our first son uh, so it allowed me to like actually chill out with with the kids a bit more and actually see them and then i was there for a couple of years as soon as the little one started going to like nursery and stuff like that, i was like right i'm moving on from this mm. and i'm gonna go i'm gonna go and 
sort of pursue something else. So then I went to a, a hotel in Cardiff that promised the whole universe. <laughs> oh, um, it. It, it had everything. Yeah. It had the wages. It had yeah. the, the ideas. It had the free reign. It had everything you'd ever imagine from a job, which wow. is, you should have realised at the time, like, <laughs> this is very unlikely to happen. <laughs> so so I went there and I, and I was like, literally day one or day two, I'm like, I don't think this is for me. Just everything, everything pushed against each other. Um, and if I'm honest with you, I was, at the time, I was getting ready to check out a cook and I was like, I oh, genuinely wow. think yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I think this is me. I was having a tough gig, to be honest. I was, I was living away from home. Like, I was living two and a half hours away. I was commuting. So I was getting up at like six o'clock in the oh, morning. Christ, you're getting back at like... Yeah, so I was staying there for a few nights a week. Um, but everything was mental. I was in there. For, I was first in there for breakfast because there was no staff. Everybody was agency staff. It was, it was horrendous. Mm. And honestly, I was like, I think this is me. I think I've done... I think I'm, I'm out. Like, And then... It was pure chance that one of the guys in the kitchen had said, Gaz is advertising for chefs of all levels. And I was like, you know what? Because I'd, I'd stayed in contact with Gaz. Like, we, we left on good terms and everything. It was, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we'd always, we stayed friends. We always used to see each other at, like, fish festivals and stuff like that. So when I, when I, I saw it, I, I got back home and it was probably about four o'clock in the morning and I, and I spoke to Holly, my wife, and I was like, what do you reckon? Um, <laughs> I said, I'm going to go speak to Gaz. So I texted him and said like, you know, and he, he messaged me back straight back and said, yeah, come and have a chat and we'll have a chat. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I said like, said to, said to my wife, you know, this is it, last throw of the dice. I said, if it doesn't work out here, I'm done. Really? Wow. So I went to, I went to the to restaurant, um, middle of the day, sat down, had a cup of tea with him and he was like, look, everything is about to change. Like we've just had a new kitchen. Um, he'd just become chef, uh, chef patron. He'd just, just been given uh, a partnership in the business. The previous owner had, had passed away, so it was just one investor at the time, and everything had become more tunnel vision. Everything had become yeah. more streamlined and mm -hmm. like driven to a to a point where they were going to change a business. And he said, "Look, I've already employed a sous chef, and I'm giving up a job in in Cardiff, and this is going back a decade." Mm -hmm. And I was in like middle forties in wages, and he's like, "Look, I've got you a chef to party job, but it's chef to party. Mm -hmm. uh, I've already employed the sous chef. Yeah. I've got." And I said, "You know what? I'll take it." So I took a massive pay cut, and and I do not regret it for a single second of my life. Yeah, I took took a massive pay cut, and like my wife had to go back to work and do more hours and stuff to actually make it pay. Like, um, honestly, it was it was like a proper life decision. We're like, let's do it. Yeah, I went back within a few weeks or a couple of months, probably. The sous chef couldn't couldn't do it. Like he he checked out, and guys said like, look, sous chef's gone. You're up. It's yours. And so I stayed as a sous chef. For, for a couple of years never really intended on being the head chef there like Gaz was always Gaz is the head chef yeah, you know whatever sure. the title was like you know like if you it, it was his vision it was his drive it was his mission so I was quite happy being a sous chef I never and, and one day he just comes up to me and goes look I'm going to give you the head chef job and I'm like no, no, don't do that. Like you're the head chef, you know. And he was like, "Where are you going?" He's like, yeah. "He's like, no, no. You, you know, you 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 take care of the kitchen for me. I appreciate you. I want you to show. I want to show you how much I appreciate you." Wow. Um, and I was bowled over by it. I was like, "All oh, right, okay, Jesus Christ." Um, but yeah, we had a we had an amazing relationship. We were I worked with him. You know, we were side by side every single day. Yeah. Um, there was some ace lads in that kitchen though at the time. Like this was this was when we were doing like four covers a day yeah um sometimes during the beginning of, of NSA, like when i joined up then we would only do 20 guests a week wow we'd have wow. some weeks in the winter where you'd have no guests wow. yeah. and now it's like exploded into this place where 
people are traveling all over the oh, world yeah, it's like a still a food mm. sanctuary now isn't yeah. it it's like people are seeking yeah. it out but in the early days like we used to go out and do the do the, do the gardening we'd be like yeah. we'd do our prep and be like That's right guys we've got, we got nobody booked in today or tomorrow and he'd be like right then lads and you're not yeah, getting walk-ins in that location are no, you? no no, no. You're not, unless you get a fly-in yeah, yeah. yeah where, where but, you're walking in from yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, unless they're on the duke of edinburgh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like yeah um so wow. so yeah we'd go out in the garden and we'd just like we'd be gardening we'd be like Surreal. weeding the beds we'd be raking the gravel laugh, though, like, no it wasn't no wasn't it? no it was horrible <laughs> no it was horrible um oh, wow so did you have doubts then at that point oh yeah. and we all had doubts at one point and yeah. then and then james martin and grace dent turned up with Stephen terry mm. so Stephen and, and james were doing a like a tour around britain and Stephen had said to to james martin like oh look get up there because yeah. i used to work for Stephen terry as well like, for, for a brief time and he said like, like get up there gas is doing some amazing things and then James Martin was like bowled over when he came, sat him on the chef's table. They had a wicked, um, wicked dinner, really like just sound blokes. And then I think he had Grace down on his TV show like a week week later. And I think Grace had said to him like, where do I go? Wow. And he was like, there's a place, in, there's a place called Inesir. Wow. And she came and her article came out like the week after. Yeah. And we were all dead nervous because at home, I think she, she, she eats as a vegan almost, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. she? She doesn't really eat a lot of meat. And this place, we're knocking out like, <laughs> out of the 20 courses, 13 of them are meat. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. you're like, okay. Um, and she, she gave us an amazing review. And from then it blew up. Wow. And then the, the wheels Smack just never it. stopped turning. Isn't it was that great, like, I know it sounds silly, but it's still the power of like those some journalists. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just can yeah, break a place. Like, mm. still, it's, it's very nervous, isn't it, when you get somebody like that in the restaurant? You, yeah. You, you, yeah, it is. You get somebody. Because you know the power they've got. Yeah. And it's not like it's more about if it's good, this could really make it. You know, if, it, if it's bad, it doesn't necessarily break you, but it just doesn't take off. It breaks you, your spirit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> breaks your heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you bank for a couple of weeks, but then you might get over it if you're all right. But Yeah, but it's yeah. just that they can they can flick the switch, yeah. Wow. And, it, and it was powerful, man. It was just unbelievable. We went from, like I said, doing like, you know, 20 covers a week. You know, we'd have 12 guests in on Saturday and be like, oh, decent Saturday. Um, <laughs> so all of a sudden you've got like, 20 people in every day. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Unbelievable experience. It's never really looked back since, has it? No. Since then, it's no, no, no. An absolute juggernaut now. Yeah. Like. But isn't that like personally for you, how like, you know, going back in the conversation a bit, how you, so many youngsters nowadays would consider you going to Gareth and taking that massive wage cut as a backward massive step. Back- but it's oh. not, it's a forward step. It was a forward jump. You're thinking, yeah. you've got to play the, the you got to play the long game, yeah. especially in this trade. So many people would be like, oh, I wouldn't take that pay drop. But yeah. look how, you know, the experience you had there and where you're at now and what if, you're doing. If I look back at it now, I, I'd have, if, I, if I'd have my time again, I'd go back there for free. Really? Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like what, it, what, it, what it's done, I wouldn't be where I am now. Like it, it doesn't, the, you know, the Mark who who's invested in in the restaurant for us, and you know we're partners and everything else. But like he saw me through in a seer, you know mm. that's how it, it it sort of put a spotlight on you. It, yeah, yeah, and and you know people like you say, young chefs now chase the wages, mm. and I probably look back and say like when I when I'd gone to Cardiff, I was probably chasing wages, and then mm. you look back and you go, what, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> and that's funny. You just need that jolt sometimes. I think you need that reset button where you go like stop. Yeah, like take it back and and swallow a bit of pride. Yeah, you know you're going from a head chef on good wages to a chef to party. You've got to eat a bit of humble pie. You've got to be like, mm-hmm. I've got to learn my craft. Yeah, show some humility. Yeah, play the long game. Yeah, yeah, it's the way forward. And and from that, like you know, 
that was that was it. And yeah, so how did you switch them from to head chef there to to stopping opening your own place? That was. That. Um, I just I just felt like I'd come to the end of my my time in this here. To be honest, mm-hmm. I'd been there for a long time. I'd I'd been on the journey from like like we just said bare bones to fucking basically superstar and really kind of like <laughs> like you know Gaz was on James Martin all the time it was ace business was booming we'd just done like MasterChef finals yeah, um, yeah. and, and you're like that, yeah. <laughs> like doesn't really get much better yeah. I mean it should have had two stars when we were there to be honest with you like mm-hmm. you know everybody that, that at there at that time it was flying and he's been two star restaurant in my eyes for for years and I was just like you know what like apart from the two stars that I'd have loved to have achieved with them but but you know, just just wasn't the time. Um, and were you having like not doubts, but like or almost like back background thoughts of, oh, I could, I could, if I did this by myself at this point, I would. No, no, never no, really, no, no. Yeah. And um, one of the big things for me actually, I, I was driving home from work one day, and I fell asleep at the wheel very, very shortly. <laughs> oh fuck! Like yeah, I was all right. Like I'd <laughs> been in the countryside, everybody drives a big truck, don't they? So yeah, yeah. you can't just bounce off the hedge. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, poor God. I'm burning the candles at both ends here. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm leaving here at very late and getting here very early. Mm. And there's half an hour drive in between. Uh, I had two young kids at the time and I was just like, I'll stop and start again. Like I did when I went to Gaz. It was like right time for a stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it. And that was kind of that jolt that stopped me to, to, to sort of go, okay, cool. And SY23 was supposed to be, th- that same year I'd been to San Sebastian with Gaz. We were cooking at the, S- the sorry, at the... Um, top 100 restaurants in Europe award and mm. there was myself and Gareth from Nasir there was there was Luke and I think it was Dan from from Yaro and there was Nuno and Eduardo from Maus we were all like the British guys going over there because we were like new to the list so we were asked mm. to cook and we just spent our time like we did a, this little dinner when I say little dinner it was like 300 covers but um, <laughs> we did we did um, we did a dinner and then we legged it down to the old town and went round San Sebastian, just like absorbing all of this Pintos and tapas style food. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this because this is ace. Uh We went to some amazing restaurants and we had a, we had like a four days of just enjoying that culture. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool to open a little tapas style bar? Mm -hmm. So that was what SY23 was going to be. We were going to, we were going to do like a, a casual dining bar and that was what that was the goal yeah um so when i read the menu we did like um we did a meat fish and a vegetable section we did like a three 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 on each mm. and um and on the long along the side of it i just put like today's set menu yeah. and it was at the time it was like pennies <laughs> i don't know how it was so cheap but <laughs> and it, it wasn't a taster menu it was just a set menu of like our best picks basically from each yeah. of them and it was like four or five courses um little plates uh, and that was it and then when we first opened, we had a few people like coming in and having like one small plate and sitting there and drinking cocktails. And I was like, this is uh, never going to yeah, pay. Yeah, good point. Um, and then a couple of weeks after it sort of started gathering a bit of momentum and every single person that came ordered from the set menu for two oh, weeks. We wow. didn't sell a single small plate. Everybody went set menu. And I was yeah. like, well, people have spoken. Why am I prepping? Yeah, why am I prepping this? It was like myself, there was, there was a young lad in the kitchen with me they didn't didn't know what what was going on um <laughs> and you know like so so for him he's like not really knowing where i'm trying to go with it anyway and he's trying to do a little bit for me and i'm doing a bit and then we employed another chap and he took care of like the pastry side of things and and i was like none of these guys know what we're trying to do anyway so mm. we might as well lose the bits and bobs that we don't need mm. and focus on it and then lockdown came oh uh, yeah of course um, yeah. yeah yeah and then when we reopened 
those chefs that were that were with me, I had, I had a couple of chefs. Uh, one of them, one of them left and didn't come back, and then the other one went downstairs. Uh, and we opened like a little casual diner because in Wales, outside dining was was allowed to be opened about a month or six weeks before inside. Got you. And inside dining was really not popular. Like nobody, nobody was eating inside. Everyone was scared to death. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, apart from Boris. Um, so yeah. So every, everyone was in. Everybody was scared to death with eating inside. So I sent the chefs downstairs, uh, and and I cooked upstairs on my own. And the only way I could cope was by doing one fixed menu mm-hmm. and bringing everybody in at the same time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because if I'm cooking a, a saddle of lamb, yeah. like, you know, it's like if you're doing a dinner party, you cook a saddle of lamb, you carve it off the bone, you, you just cut that, that beautiful saddle into 12 portions, yeah. into 18 portions, however you need to do it, yeah. it you've cooked it once. Yeah, yeah, Whereas sure. if you've got an a la carte restaurant or if you've got a restaurant where everybody arrives separately, you've, you've got, got to break that, yeah, yeah. you've got to break that beautiful lamb into like smaller pieces yeah. and you've got to cook it 18 times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I was like, I can't do that. So mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll simplify. So we brought everybody in at the same time. It must have been quite scary though, because you must have been thinking like- It was, yeah, it was scary because it hadn't really been done in, in our area and, and not really not really a done thing anywhere really, but yeah. when everybody tries to book a restaurant, they always want 7.30. Yeah. <laughs> everybody wants 7.30, That's right? a go-to time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Have you got a table oh, yeah, for tonight? Saturday, 7.30. 7.30. Saturday, 7.30. <laughs> Saturday, 7.30. <laughs> so what we did was like- That's yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, we'll do 7.30, but we'll do 7.30 for everybody. Yeah. Um, and then, so how many covers do you do over there? Uh, we've just with with everything now. We're about twenty covers. Twenty one mm. covers is, is bursting. So yeah. So I was taking care of it on my own, and then Cuba turned up, um, who runs kitchen now, and um, and then we just built the team off that really. Um, yeah. But yeah. Nice. Now there's three of us: myself, Cuba, and Charlie. And so the, and the barbecue was in there from day one. As from well, day one, yeah. 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 So did you cook everything on there? As much as possible. Yeah. So we've got a couple of dessert courses, which obviously like some elements have come from the barbecue, but mm. but yeah, almost, we've got we've got two tiny little inductions that we just warm a bit of stashy up or like, mm. you know what I mean? Just something really dead simple, but, yeah. but every, everything else is coming straight from the barbecue. It's so good to see, because it's not only the purest way to cook, it's, it's like, it requires the most skill. Mm. It's not, yeah, you yeah, know, like you put it on that number or you put it on the bullseye. It, yeah. So much more skill in the temperature, mm-hmm. especially cooking whole joints and things over it. What's the difference between a barbecue and a kitchen or cooking over flames in the kitchen compared to outside? Is it, outside, is there a difference at all in the set? Outside, you've normally got your shorts on, aren't you, on a beer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the difference. You don't get as much smoke at you. Yeah. 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 But like, is the setup different or unconventional? It's exactly the same, right? Yeah. Our barbecue is like. It's just something that I'm, I built. When I went to San Sebastian, I sort of saw what they were cooking and I was like, I'll make one of them because I can't buy one. Yeah. Um, sure. Did so, you get to Acid or Echeberry? Because I really want to go no, there. No, we, we pioneered to, it really, didn't we? We tried to go, but it was full. Yeah. Um, because it was OID Awards and every we, chef or food writer in the area was there and they'd all booked a year before probably. Yeah. But no, there was no chance we were getting there. But I would love to have gone there and I'll, yeah. I'll go back there to go there. Because no one was doing like the pulley system or anything before. Yeah. No, yeah, so, him. So talk us through, because if you can't buy it, it must be quite unique. So are there levels to it? Like, the, like talk us through what... Do you, do you make yours? Yeah. I thought so, yeah. yeah. Like, do all the metal work and that. Yeah. yeah that's and awesome. That, that only came through literally not, not being able to get what I needed for, yeah. a, for a price I could afford. Yeah. Oh, nice. So I was like, I've got a garage. Like, <laughs> like, and I wasn't, I couldn't even weld, to be honest. I was like, I was like a... Average, shit to average welder at best and I was like I'll just teach myself yeah, nice. so um, yeah. so I did and, and it like over the, I changed it like when I first started like I'd be like taking it home in the weekend cutting bits off it and like welding bits on it like that's too high or that's too low and like so yeah we basically got it's it's essentially a fire bed so you've got you know 
uh, if you imagine this table, you've just put coals down on, on the actual table itself, mm -hmm. um, which is basically all it is. It's just heat bricks. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you've got racks at about 40 or 50 centimeters and then a, a 20 centimeters above that. So you kind of, yeah. you know, within arm's reach. Mm -hmm. Um, is it the same? You set the coals out the same all the way along, or is it hot? No, one no. End? We'll have we'll have like um, we'll have a burn pile as I'd look at it on the on the right hand side, and we'd have a burn pile there. So that's where we'll chuck our logs to to become embers, or it's where we'll we'll feed new charcoal, mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll 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 scrape it down on towards like the the left hand side, and the left hand side will be the fiercest. Yeah. Um, but one of the time, one of the things with us fixing dinner time as well it means that we don't need to keep that continual fight with course, like yeah, how get ready for a certain we just time. get it ready yeah we get it ready yeah. for like we know that the scallop course it wants to be hotter than the sun so we just build it up yeah. build it up fan it oh, you know so absolutely fun. mental wicked, yeah. and then when everybody sits down you're like boom scallop time yeah. bang <laughs> scallops go on and then we we know that we can allow the fire to cool down as as we go on to like we want it to be a little bit cooler for the turbots because we cook the turbots whole in, in like a, a, a Basque style clamp. So we're cooking the turbots then and we've got these racks that are staged in, in height. So you kind of know you're going to sear it first and then you're going to get it up and you're mm -hmm. going to get it rested and then you back down and you turn it over and back up again. That must, you're saying that like, that's easy, but that must take so long to know exactly because you don't, like you say, you don't know the exact temperature or it's the tiny flame to the big flame. Like you don't it's, know. It's more about like understanding meat and fish and when yeah. it's cooked and what yeah. it needs and knowing from looking at it rather than following a formula mm. of pan fry it eight minutes yeah you know it's knowing and touching yeah and, just and, and i love it i love it man i just get a kick out of it i think i can the, see that the feel of yeah. like we don't use probes like unless the aho are listening um but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but basically we um we don't use we don't use uh probes and stuff to check temps it's all about feel and like you know charlie who's who's on the fish now at the moment like um we all sort of take it in turns for like who gets to cook the turbot and like recently Charlie's been cooking it for a little while because Cuba gets to cook the scallops so it's kind of a bit of a balance in <laughs> Um but um, yeah like when he when he first started like we've got like 50 little stainless steel skewers that's all they are is like a little needle yeah and we'll just go like into it exactly thing, yeah. like a cake tester and we're like continually nursing it and then just just putting it on the bottom of your lip. Yeah. Um, wow. So waiting the tour before yeah. probes on yeah. your lip, just yeah. for the temperature. Yeah. And, you know, you're then looking for like texture. So it's becomes sticky. Turbot becomes beautiful and sticky as it's, as it's cooking and like the bones start to warm up and it's like mm. fucking oozing out and you just, you, you, you're like skewering it and just checking it. And you're looking for temperature, but also like, does it come straight off or is it got a bit of, bit of stickiness to it? And that, mm. is that like, that, that stickiness, that beautiful little proteins that are coming out of it are starting to become like, almost like beautiful jelly and like yeah. then then you'll be like ah oh, she's ready i'll rest it um yeah. wow and and like i love doing it i used to do it all the time and then i you know not being selfish i had to pass it on and like then cuba took care of it for a while and and then like charlie's on the fish now so he he loves it and like every time every time we come to like the stage show i'll take it we'll take it off the fire we'll normally show it to chef's table and be like here's your fucking fish um, <laughs> and, then, and then um we take it over to the carving station and we'll like peel the skin back because we, we try and keep the skin whole because we grill the skin afterwards and you oh, get like nice. these absolutely outrageous little wafer after um, oh, that we serve that. separately so you can just enjoy it like a piece of crackling. So hungry. Um, <laughs> starving now. <laughs> but like every single time we come to take the fish off. So like I'll be talking to Cuba but like, and he'll be like, grilling some asparagus or, or getting some beans or whatever it is for the garnish at the time. And Charlie's like looking over like, all right, chef. And I'm like, I'm just, like, I'm just about to, to dive in with my fish cutlery. 
and I like pull it off the bow and I look at the bow and it's like beautiful bit of pink running through it and I'm like she's good Charlie the weight that comes off his shoulders is unbelievable every time he's just like he's like sound 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 <laughs> so yeah it's it's class I love it I love it such a pure way to cook I don't do it anywhere near as much as you we because our kitchen's so small we cook on a Conroe depending on what's on the menu or I'll have it up here but like I'll take it home like I took the Conroe to my mum's on Jubilee weekend they had a street party yeah. I was just cooking for the street all the steaks and stuff and I got a massive coat <laughs> no Jesus Yes. Is it free? Yes. Everybody throws their bird's eye burgers in the yeah. go. Fuck this. Yeah, my mum brought out some very questionable burgers. It's like, that's just going to cause a fire or the fat in there. And it was carnage. But I had a massive, like, 950 gram coat de boeuf. Yeah, and, like, shit. cooked yeah. it on. And, oh. wow. My mum was like, you need to put that in the oven. Mum, just, yeah, no, just 45 do you, do you, minutes. Do you still get that as well? Yeah. My parents tell you how to cook. Yeah. You, you like, guys still get My that. dad's the worst for it. He's like, is that all right, kid? I'm like, I'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Michelin think it fucking is that. So I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I did it with my Yorkshire pudding. My Yorkshire pudding's like monsters, right? And I, I did the mix up years ago and was like, it's too thin. So we'll just wait till the yeah. end result. Yeah, it's all about the end result. We come out monsters and she's like, yeah, but the mix is still too thin. So, but, but how? Just These are too lovely like and fucking... fluffy and airy and big and tall. And like... your mix is like dough. And then Yorkshire Puddin's like dough. Yeah. She's not allowed to do it anymore. Yeah. My stepdad does it now and he's a he's a decent. So yeah, yeah. But she's still like, yeah, it's too thin. So, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking end result. Yeah, that is class. Yeah. It's coat to birth. I just stood by it, I wouldn't leave it. I was just on the beers and I just forty five minutes just turning, turning, oh. turning. And it was just it's so the like simplest it's, thing, grilled meat, but it was amazing. It's yeah. as much the the ritual around it. It's yeah, just the taste. It is, it's almost it? like yeah. that feeling of I love feeling like a caveman. Yeah, yeah. it's something special about and you it. You still get excited, like yeah, I did it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you and know. when you come to take it off the bone, you're like, whoa, is it? Is it? Is it? And you slice through it, and it's like pink to pink. You're like, whoa, yeah, yeah. In the same way of like you get it with a beef Wellington because yeah. you don't know what's oh, inside. Oh, it's terrifying yeah. every time. You're like, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah. As soon as your knife touches the top, and you go through the pastry. It's crispy. Like, hey, first stage, good. Yeah. And then it goes through the meat. Like, like we're onto a winner here. Or you uh, see a bit of steam, and you're like, oh, it seems a bit hot. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Put it in the fridge. Put it in the fridge. So we do it up here on the chef's table. We'll cook a Wellington or proper classic stuffed saddle of lamb or something, and we're carving it in front of them I can't take it outside carve it and course, yeah, yeah and it's like just got your back, got your back and I just, just kind of, when it's nice I was like oh shit <laughs> but yeah you got to play it cool when it's nice just turn it to them and just put it in yeah 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 leave, oh, leave it on the board leave yeah. like a yeah like just, I'll just drop the mic there leave yeah. that there yeah. a lot of them don't give a fuck and they're all like, like yeah so Ooh. it should be I'm paying it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So true. Yeah. Well, yeah, getting excited for you. Twenty-three years. Yeah, yeah. It must be his first time. He's dead excited about this. <laughs> first Wellington pool. Yeah, 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 yeah. First one. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, well, then by by surely just chart. There must be some shockers. You must. There must be because of the unpredictability of the flat. Or so you know. So um, do, do you ever get into a pickle with it because it is a bit temperamental and there's a bit of risk. I think I'm too much of a control freak, if I'm honest. And okay. the, and to be honest with you, I'm very lucky with the chefs I've got in the kitchen. They take it at least as seriously as I do. So we don't. And 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 one of one of the other things is like, you know, the team are raised. They take care of they take care of that, and they take a lot of they take a lot of pride and pressure from it as well. So they're like, mm-hmm. you know, they're making sure that it's you know they're professional. Like we get this like thing where even. 20 years down the line we're like whoa yeah, yeah, they exactly. get the same thing so they want that every time but 
by fixing dinner time, by fixing everybody arrives mm. at the same time, like Cuba's cooking the scallops for everybody at the same time. Mm. So he's 100% invested in that dish. Yeah, with that focus, yeah. you do well to overcook a turbot or something. Yeah. When you're at a la carte restaurant, you're like, two you, turbot, you've got something turbot. in the oven and you it's know, like. You can yeah. easily overcook a pigeon or anything. Yeah. It, yeah, but, but that, that focus. You that was really... one of the things that really transformed the restaurant for us. Like having that, because in the same way that if I was cooking, say I'm cooking the saddle of lamb, Cuba will be cooking the rib and Charlie will be assembling the garnish. Yeah, yeah. And then when it comes to the other courses, say Cuba, for example, is, is cooking the scallop or, or whatever he's doing. Charlie will take care of the sauce then. Mm-hmm. I'll get the plates up. I'll get the garnish ready. Mm. So uh, we spend one. 100- you pivot on the night almost with those bits. Um, normally it's something we'll have agreed. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry, so yeah, yeah. Our, our service is... I wouldn't say choreographed, but like we... You just know each other. Yeah. Now, and we nice. need to know where we are. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's busy. There's people stand there, stare at like a chef's table. They're staring at you. Like if you drop the ball <laughs> or you're like, so lads, right, well, you quick huddle before the next course. <laughs> yeah. Like you cook, you cook the lamb. Time up. Time up. <laughs> you cook the lamb, I'll assemble the garnish. I'm like, where is the garnish? Um, no, it's... So, so no, like we, we'll know... Um, and we'll, we'll probably say the day before like so that everybody gets into work with the mindset of like I'll do this yeah, so yeah. I'll probably say the day before like right um, I'm going to take care of this you're going to take care of that or, or whatever else however it, normally we don't even need to talk about it it's just we, I've got to, you know like I say they've been with us for a couple of years so yeah. and we work so closely together on one menu but yeah that, that investment in the, their whole attention is on that it's not on anything else yeah, like you know thing, yeah. whoever is assembling the garnish is taking care of the restaurant so mistakes would be now complacency more than it would be sure. something yeah, else yeah, because yeah, because you've got it, that yeah. you've got no excuse really little things that are still big to you but on the grand scheme of things aren't yeah. like a whole turbot being fucked or something yeah like, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. fucking that'd be bad wouldn't it yeah. <laughs> looking yeah. looking out into the back. restaurant like yeah. i've got no water but <laughs> yeah there's no way around that, <laughs> no, okay, right. what was the poly- the police system what, yeah, that? so it's, it's, it's one that uh, we don't use it because I'm not that posh. I uh, can't build them, but I'm aspiring to it. So, yeah. um, but Exterberry, that's what they do. They've, they've got these Basque style barbecues, don't they? They just yeah. raise, so you can be. So you've got a handle, you can ace. raise. And, so if your coal's here, if you want to get it hotter oh, or closer. Yeah. Oh, wow, that is yeah. cool. Really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, very cool. That's the next level. Yeah. yeah, that is, yeah, I'll get there. Lastly, on this subject, are there any, like, especially going into summers now people doing their own stuff at home are there any like either tips or common mistakes people make with their barbecue yeah biggest mistake when people say they're having a barbecue you turn up and it's fucking gas <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we were having a barbecue yeah, no, it's not a barbecue like, just don't take the piss yeah. don't take the piss fair out enough, me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fair enough yeah, yeah. don't say because they come around for a grill or <laughs> just come around for lunch yeah they're good yeah. they're good at doing that in America they'll say that they'll say oh I'm, I'm going to be grilling tonight they won't say I'm barbecue yeah because it, it will be gas barbecue it's it's, it's coal, isn't coal it? and wood, yeah. coal or either or you, deets. Fucking. Would you ever say that back though? Do you want to come over for a barbecue? Like, are you cooking over? Yeah, I've said it to my mates. Yeah. Is that a barbecue off, or, you know? or are we cooking outdoors? <laughs> yeah. I guess. I yeah. won't come. Yeah, yeah. But in the biggest mistake, I think, and and like when I see sort of people barbecuing at home, like they'll go to the best butchers, they'll buy this beautiful piece of meat, they'll go to the best fishmongers, they'll buy this beautiful piece of fish, and then they'll pick some shit charcoal up on the garage on the way home. Yes. And yeah. It, yeah. Fucking, it comes in a bag that's doused in petrol or whatever it's coming, yeah, like fucking yeah. old cooking oil or whatever. Aroma, yeah. And they light it in the bag and there's fucking smoke bellowing. <laughs> like, yeah, three doors down, I've already phoned the fire brigade because there's just this really bad charcoal yeah. boozing smoke into the air and you're like, 
I didn't realise this until I listened to another oh. podcast recently that, that most people just think charcoal's charcoal. Like, Sick no. oh, that's charcoal. Sick no, 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 a lot of people do that. Yeah, yeah they do. Like, like when the Jubilee weekend when mum was like, oh, just, just bring the meat, I'll get the disposable barbecues. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a 40 pound steak. Yeah. <laughs> and like, the charcoal is there and it's like, it's on it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're slow as fuck as well, yeah. but they stink. Yeah, it's like, no. But no. Coles, that's my 100%. The biggest tip I could give anybody is save a couple of quid on your meat, buy the coal. Okay, because like we use we use this wicked fella that lives down the road from us and he's got a bit of woodland he makes most like 90% of our charcoal so it comes from two miles away he knows what he's been doing this fella's been doing it forever it's not a production line for him he's like he's coppicing woodland and he's he's managing woods and this is how he pays to do that and yeah, yeah. He, he creates this beautiful charcoal that's properly burnt through it's clean it yeah, burns clean. efficiently yeah, hot yeah. Not, there's not loads of ash left yeah um and it's superb. Yeah, yeah. So that's but, a great tip. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know where do you call it, I guess, because most people just think, well, I'll just supermarket or garage. Yeah, people get it from the garage or yeah. Yeah. I mean, the stuff outside Tesco's Express. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now, yeah outside by the trolleys. Mm. It's in like a waterproof bag. <laughs> yeah. Because they leave it out there all year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You still smell the paraffin through the bag. Yeah, okay. like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great tip. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's delve into a bit of GBM. We can't not really, because it's been a massive, a massive year for you. Like, this is, I mean, that getting to the final of that banquet was... Uh, a massive achievement. Um, for those who didn't watch it, the the, back, the brief this year for Great British Menu was around uh, television, and you could link it to shows or do do whatever you wanted. But you got to the final. You got you did the starter. Yeah. You did uh, Merlin's Merlin's Merlin, potion. Merlin's yeah. potion. Yeah. It was it was absolutely incredible. Can you just give us a little bit of story how you came to make that that dish and how long was that? A lot of prep in the. You don't get that much time, do you? It's all for GBM. Like everybody thinks no. that you like a, you get twelve months to work on a menu, but you get like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? You know, yeah, like yeah. You... the brief for me. I, I mean, I did it years ago, but like it was just so many pages long. I don't know if it is now. It was like several pages of A4. Well, I can't remember. I can't ever. Do you know what Holly will tell you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I mean. I spoke to, to Amy, who was one of the producers on the show. Uh, was she doing it when you were... No, she, she won't have been. Nah. No. Um, she's the person that recruits all the chefs, and she's like, look, do you want to do it again? And after the first year, I was a bit bitter because I, I got my fucking arse handed to me by the judges. Mm. Like, Tommy Banks was ace. Like, I came away from there because you don't see what the judges say, do you? The mm. first, like, so I came away from there, and I was like, fucking what an amazing experience. Mm. I've just had two tens, a nine and an eight from Tommy Banks. I'm amazing. The, on par with at the time we filmed it it was the highest score in GBM history wow and, I didn't realise and I was like and wow this was the first, this was the first yeah, time yeah, yeah. and I was like what an experience this is amazing <laughs> came away from it fucking head held high uh, H uh, Howell who was from from Beach House uh, he went through to finals wicked cook and just a like a lovely chap mm. so I made a good friend out of it I was just like made up like great mm. experience and then when we watched it I just got rinsed. The yeah. judges hated it. Every minute and of, of it. This would have been the old judges now. The dinosaurs, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they um, they hated it. They just, like, we did, the, we, at the time we did it, we were just going into a lockdown, so we couldn't get the turbot. We ended up doing a brill. So there was a few, like, it was quite a tough week for everybody because, I mean, the Home Ex bent over backwards to try and get everybody they could, and they did amazingly well. But some of some of us, and it was not just me, it was a few of us, like, let's compromise on some ingredients because we were just going into a firebreak or a lockdown or whatever it was at the time. So ingredients were really quite tough to get hold of. Mm. And then, like, 
I'd served on this, this big, beautiful brill and they just didn't get it at all. Mm. Whereas Tommy had given me a 10 for it and wow. I was like, okay. Yeah. So we watched that and then they absolutely annihilated my dessert. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, right, okay. And it left me a bit bitter. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't air any, like, I wasn't, you know, obviously I got in touch with the directors and the mm. producers. I said, oh, thanks for the experience. It was lovely. Like, but inside I was a bit hurt. I was a bit like, yeah, sure, how yeah. have I scored a 10 from somebody like Tommy? And nothing changed. And then nothing changed. Yeah, yeah. And then I've just been absolutely ripped out. So when they said about going back the second time, Amy's like, do you fancy coming back again? Mm. And I was like, um, don't know. Sure. So I just had a bit of a, I went back home and like all, all good decisions in my house had kind of come through Holly. Um, <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, nice. what, yeah. what do you reckon? Like, and she said, do it again. Like, just do it again. Do it again. Put a full stop in it. Yeah, yeah. Pretend um, like that first time didn't happen anyway. Yeah, um, and you still got insane scores. The f- in the first, in the, f- the in first, the yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, just yeah. the judges just didn't get it, and like, so we went, we went into it the second time, and I just think I went into it with a different mentality. I was mm-hmm. just like, did you feel like a bit loose, more loose, and a bit more having fun with it? Or? No, no, the opposite. Fucking, I better not prove them right. Uh, um, <laughs> no, I actually went into it, and I was like, I was very nervous. Like, when, when did you hear the judges had changed? After we'd submitted menus. Oh right. Okay. So they kept that secret until the menus oh, had been wow. submitted. And obviously, would I have put a scallop course on there f- for, for the fish course? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but everyone was in the same boat, so it was yeah, a fair competition. Like, point, yeah. It wasn't like um, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like I submitted my menu. Yeah, yeah. um, and I still love that scallop dish. Like, mm. still on the restaurant, I love it. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I submitted the menus. You get two like two weeks or fourteen. It was like not very long at all. Um, and when we submitted the ideas, I was like, what are we going to do here? And the, the lamb broth, the cowl, was, was one of the dishes that I was the most nervous about. I was really? like, they're either going to like this or they're going to hate it. Right. Mm. Because it's either going to come, like, they're either going to get it or not get it. It's not going to be like an in-between dish. So I was the most nervous about that one. And um, when we first put it together, I did the, we submitted the menus. And you haven't really got enough time in that, in that thing to, like, work on a dish. Yeah. So, I was like, I think these flavors will work. Like, so we did up a little tester, and it was completely shit. And I was like, Oh <laughs> no! Like, this is gonna be this is gonna be a bad one, and it's a first dish out. Yeah, of course. So I'm like, oh, okay. So back to the drawing board. Started developing the dish, but it had to stick because I'd submitted that menu. I had to stick within that men- that menu the, the outline of basically what I'd what I'd committed to. Mm-hmm. You can make tweaks, can't you? But you can't mm. change the dish yeah, in the early stages. Yeah, you can't change sort of concept and main because they probably get mm. like. I don't know what the number is, probably six or seven chefs that they ask to send the menu to and then they'll pick from them sure. as to who goes to the studio, I'm imagining. Yeah. So they, they phone back and we're like, look, you, you're going to go to the studio. Congratulations. Like, well done, you'll be on the box. Yeah, that made us even more nervous. And regionals, I don't get nervous cooking. Like, I don't really, like if if I have like chefs and stuff in the restaurant, I enjoy it more than I get nervous. Yeah, I, sure. I like, I don't ever be like, oh God, it's tense this. Mm. I always I always take the good from it and like, but that regionals, I was shit in a brick. And wow, it was, interesting. Uh, I just didn't want to show myself up. And yeah. like, mm. I just did not want to be the first. Someone's got to be the first one out. And I didn't want to be the first one out. And the, the chefs were really good. And they were good the year before. So you're kind of thinking, yeah, they're going to come with an A game. Um, yeah, so I worked on it. And that was the one dish that I probably spent more time on than any of the others. Yeah, got it, yeah. And the, the brief for me was like, don't be first one out. So I put all my energy into the first two dishes. And yeah. I kind of forgot about the last two. Sure. Scores reflected that yeah. one. <laughs> but I was like, you just wanted to get through, I just wanted to be not yeah. not cook your whole menu. Do not be the first one out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And when the first canapes went up, I was like, oh shit! <laughs> like this is a solid competition here. Like these are yeah. good. All of them were good. Yeah. Then we put this lamb dish up, and I'm like, they're either going to love this, 
or just not get it so, at all. For those that haven't seen it, just quickly talk us through the components of the, of the So dish. it's um, it's a, a like a lamb neck um, that's been brined, and then we pressure cooked it and uh, and finished it over the barbecue. So we, we, we grilled it for some colour and then smoked it over hay. Uh, and then there was some some beer, some onions braised in beer mm-hmm. with uh, some lamb fat on, on top um, to make like a really beautiful, like almost like a, like a beer be a sauce really mm-hmm. with the lamb fat um, and then we used the onions in the dish and then we used the, the broth we basically froze it and clarified it mm-hmm. and used it like a, like a little sauce to go onto it with some fermented grains so we've got some local grains from, from SY23 basically from mm. around the area yeah. um, we fermented those we cooked them out in some beer and emulsified them in some, some cultured butter and then we had a little miso onion puree um, it was like wow. quite intense with, with onion but like that saltiness of the miso mm-hmm. um, and then some some preserved uh, wild garlic and allium flowers that we'd picked and we just pulled them out of the preserves fridge and we're like oh that'll go nice um, <laughs> and then like a little chive oil to go on it and then the the big the, the biggest thing with this dish was the theatre of the dish I think yeah because you, know? yeah. you like, had the, the menu that lit up that's it so you know, it was it a potion it was basically a, a, a potion for like a medieval cowl cowl in Wales is just like broth so you, you sort of opened this book and the, the broth was there and it was an ugly bitch of a dish it was just like you know when you look at it and you're like how do I make you pretty? Yeah, but yeah. you just can't. <laughs> it's just ugly. Yeah. But what I like really is so tasty. bold to go for like a lamb starter. Yeah. You don't normally see that on GBM. I yeah. like that. That's a really yeah. good point, actually. Mm. Yeah. Everyone normally just beat you at dinner. Something like yeah. everyone yeah. goes like yeah, something lighter yeah. or yeah, yeah. yeah. especially because that time you, you what the biggest thing is and people don't realise with GBM is you film it in November, but your banquet's in like February or March. Yeah. yeah sure. So you've got to go with something like root veg. You're like, that's why so many people go for like yeah. celeriacs, beetroots, something like that, or nuts and stuff, because it will last. Yeah. Like yeah, you'll be able point. to pick, you'll be able to get that in for banquet. Yeah, that's why I, was, I sort of like scratching my head, like, what do I do here? Yeah, um, we filmed in November and then the banquet was spring, like May right. time. Yeah. So I was using asparagus and rhubarb and stuff in November and it was fucking awful. Yeah. Like, they Glenn took into account when he's judging. It's difficult, isn't it? It's a difficult, still, it, it's a difficult it, it part of the competition. Shine, does yeah. it? Yeah. It's a difficult one because you've got to you've got to either go for do you want it to bowl the judges over in in regionals and then they'll turn around and say, Well, you can't have that in, in spring. Yeah. Or do you sacrifice and say like or do you say I'll use that in November, knowing it's not gonna be at its best, but it will be outrageously good in, in spring. Yeah. The show's ace, like as a platform and for course, what it does, yeah. and and actually create inspiring a bit of creativity because I wouldn't have come up with that lamb no, broth sure. dish. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't be putting the chai ball in that tiny little bottle that you're no. strong, would you? I hope I never do it again if I'm honest. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, and you know it it like it went down well, thankfully. Oh, and I, I didn't realise how well it had gone down to be honest because like. You come back into the kitchen, you're like, oh god, you know, everyone's a bit like, yeah, it was all right, chef, yeah, nice. Sure. Yeah. I mean, even if you've coin. just tasted something a bit shit, you go, yeah, it was nice, yeah, chef. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so um, I was like, okay, cool, bit nervous. And then when when they said, oh, it's a nine, I thought it was a bit of a tight nine, if I'm honest. Everybody else give it a ten, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so I got a nine for it. I was like, ace, brilliant. I'm in the running here. Like, I'm not going to be, you know, there's going to be somebody that scores lower than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the other dishes were ace. This year, Wales's heat was ace. Yeah. It was felt, really good. Like, I mean, I've watched quite a few series, but I felt like the whole overall standard felt like it gone up a bit this year. In some, yeah, years, in some regions, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. But it was no, it was it was it was dead good. Like Wales shone because in in recent years, like 
there's always been like one dead good chef or whatever for Wales. Yeah. yeah. It's always been like a lower scoring week, whereas yeah, the, like, yeah, there was the last few years it's been, and it just shows yeah. you how much Wales is coming forward in, in cooking. Like, mm. you know, it, it's, it's starting to shine and like the produce we get is next level and, and chefs are taking that on and, and like really catapulting what we do. And, and that's really wicked. And so yeah, our week was really strong. And I think any yeah. of those chefs that I was competing yeah. at would have gone in other regions would have gone all the way through, no yeah. problem, and we'd have seen them in finals. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, like, right. I say I didn't want to be the first out. Like, Mark, who was out first, his dishes were still fantastic. Like, mm. I think he got an eight for his fish, and he got a six or a seven for his starter. So, I mean, like, they had good scores mm. for, for who you're up against, who's judging you. Yeah. You know, you got, like, that wasn't like, this is real competition. Who was your chef judge again? I can't remember. Angela that. Hartner. That's it. Yeah. And she was fantastic, to be honest. Yeah. Like, she was ace, because, like, there was, there was me cooking whatever you'd call my food um you had tom cooking very classic french food mm. um you had larkin cooking really wicked asian food with like low bags of flavor but really different techniques and mark was doing like modern british mm-hmm. so it was quite a tough act i thought like mm-hmm. she did yeah. a really fantastic yeah, job judge, of like yeah. judging it and like but splitting that personality thing and like judging them on their merits because absolutely it was tough but she's i mean because she's one of the few judges that have been on it basically every year but I, even I could sense from her that she was just having the week. She was loving it. It felt like, like way more. She was a bit more loose. She was just like, it's just all tasting amazing. Like she was yeah, just a Yeah, because she'd tell you if it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. She yeah. seemed like she was yeah. just having way more fun this time than the, the yeah. previous year. Yeah, and she was. You know, I, I think she she enjoyed the food she was given. Like you know, we've all been to those competitions where you know, kind of get something. And you go, oh no. Yeah. Got to eat this. Um, <laughs> you got to be nice but, about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't happen on GBM because the standards too high. But sure. like. If she's judging GBM, she's no doubt judging cooking competitions at colleges or, or whatever else, and mm-hmm. she's doing all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. you know, I think when she got there, she was like, okay, cool, let's see what the stand is. The canapes went out, first couple of courses went out, and I think she was like, tasty food, yeah. Tasty food. And um, yeah, it was it was wicked. And how was it actually at the banquet, doing it on the day? Was it stressful? That was, yeah, was shit, that was. Was it? Um, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it wasn't, uh, so like. Um, oh, okay. So I'd, I, the TV show shows it, but... Um, you had to have two two negative COVID tests to go. Yeah. yeah. So I get I get two tests on the same day. Um, one of them came back as inconclusive, and one of them came back as um, negative. Yeah. So obviously that's not two negatives. Yeah. So then I had to wait another day to get the second one done oh, as sorry. as a negative. So what happened was like I called called the lads at like nine o'clock in the morning, and, and I'm like, you recorded it like end of January as well, didn't you? Uh, first week of Feb. Oh, well, the first week of yeah. Feb, yeah. So, um, it was done then, like, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it was here, yeah. yeah well, so. <laughs> so, so we're like, I can't travel until I've got this this test. Um, so I rung, rung up uh, Cuba at like 8.30 in the morning. As soon as our test results came back, and I'm like, wake him up, and I'm like, hiya, chef. He's like, hello, chef. You ever feel okay? I'm like, mm, yeah, do you fancy going to London? And he's like, sorry, again? <laughs> I'm like, basically, mate, my test results have come back. I can't go. Do you want to go? Mm-hmm. If that's what you want me to do, chef, yeah, I'll go, no problem. So I like, put the phone down to him, pick the phone up to Charlie. I'm like, Charlie, <laughs> you and Cuba are going to London. Do you fancy it? And he's like, well, whatever whatever you want us to do. Yeah, oh, that's cool, awesome. man. That's cool. Yeah. So they jumped on a train. So they actually no, because I at this time I was like, erring on the side of caution. Like, let's not go anywhere because I might have COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have had one negative. We haven't had two. Yeah. So they shot off to the restaurant, got everything sorted like literally on the phone like how many onions do I need to take <laughs> like it was class wow. so they went down there they got everything set up and then I turned up on the day 
everything was boxed off just oh, strolled, no, strolled through had to cook a bit of lamb <laughs> and, then, um, and then yeah just, I didn't realise that That's yeah it was, it was a bit of a nightmare but um and, and you know, fair play to, to GBM and, and to Avril and the team and sort of organised, rather than them just going like, sorry, mate, you're out, you're done, you're done. You know, mm. they actually bent over backwards to make sure that we could get there and they like uh, allowed the boys to go down there and prep it. And or that's... you go in on the day and being in the shit. Completely. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just wouldn't have gone. To make good tell it, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't come. <laughs> get your red pen out. For the <laughs> no, sorry, it says two lines. Uh, can't come. Um, oh. So... Yeah, it was like, yeah, fair play to them for that. Yeah, because they could have, yeah. for, for TV, they could have gone, like, you can't go, son. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you'd have just had to swallow it. So it was one of them. But yeah, it was good. We got there. I mean, listed buildings, so we couldn't have a fire in there. So mm. we ended up putting the fire outside yeah, yeah, um, on the that. patio, which meant that we didn't have the three-minute run that Spencer had for two hot courses oh, back to back. I bet yeah. Spencer was jealous, though. You had one course and you had your boys set up and he had oh, two no, courses. Don't, don't worry, they helped him just as much as they oh, are. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right, then. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. That's good yeah. to know. But you, you know what? Like, it wouldn't have... It wasn't really... It wasn't really fair to get two calls. And the way that the yeah, kitchen was set up, like the kitchen was so, f- and, I'm, and when I say a three minute walk, I'm not exaggerating. Like it was literally a three minute walk. Wow. And it was a time with food. Venue. Oh, imagine, imagine cooking food, sending it from the past and it'd be three minutes until it gets to you. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Just something yeah. passed down there for three minutes. Wouldn't so, take that to go from the kitchen downstairs up here to up here. No, yeah. It wouldn't take that long. So, no, so what we did was um, we, had to, we had like these big hot cupboards and you'd have to cook everything, push it in there and then take it upstairs to carve it or whatever else. But no, like having the extra two there were like yeah. godsends. That's amazing. Yeah. And it would have only happened if, it would, the only way it happened is that we had an inconclusive. So yeah, yeah a bit oh, of a godsend yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. And lastly on this one, did you, you know, what was it? It then all went up on TV and stuff. Was it nice for like locals or friends of people in the area or people coming to your restaurants to talk to you? you know, did it have like that sort of feel, that spread the love thing? Massively, yeah, yeah, like it exploded. And yeah. the same day that our regionals went out, it was the same day that a Michelin oh, awarded us our star. And we wow, had the video. So, yeah. yeah, oh, day of a life. It was like a perfect storm. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. like two, day, two days before, we'd been awarded the, or no, sorry, a day before, we'd been awarded, like they sent all the special awards out, didn't they? Oh, yeah. the, the opening. So, we got yeah. uh, best new opening for Great Britain and Northern Ireland. So already a big high. So, so then everybody, everybody's like, oh, here we go. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Who's this little fella? And then <laughs> like, then in the morning, the following morning, our video that, that, that they filmed st- opened the Michelin Awards. So everybody that was, was tuning in to watch the Michelin Awards saw our video. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, oh, that's that fella from yesterday. And then yeah. they saw us again on the TV that night. Yeah, um, of course, yeah. As far as like you could, I think you could live... A million lifetimes and never have the same day. If I'm honest, it yeah. was like to coincide yeah. like that's amazing. It was ace. It was yeah. just it was just nuts. Like oh, that's great. you know, emotionally, I don't think we settled down for at least a month or two. No. Yeah, because um, it was just like just shakes your universe up really. Yeah, so, absolutely. And have you put elements of what you did there on the menu? Yeah, so what? Because some of the dishes that we took anyway were quite similar to dishes that we had on the menu. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Because like Boxing sense. Clever, you're going to take something that you, you're, you're good yeah. at, like, and we're good at a bit of fish and a bit of lamb. Um, <laughs> so like we've got them on. We don't like, we don't do the whole like GBM menu dish. Oh, no, course, because yeah, yeah. I w- I, may, maybe I wonder what we'll do one day. Maybe we'll cook up, the, a lot of chefs do the, got the whole menu. Yeah. yeah. As they taste the menu. Might, and, but I don't suppose yeah. you need to like at market mo- yeah. a dish specifically when people are coming because they've seen yeah. it and they just want to we'll come to the restaurant. We'll save that one for a rainy day. Like if it, if, it, mm. if we do need to pull that one out of the bag, then it's ace. Get out the little dill oil yeah, yeah, yeah. Get those <laughs> potion pots out, kids. Have <laughs> 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 we got some fire? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, we, we might do one day, but at the moment, like 
you know, we're we're nice and busy. We can't, mm. like, it's, it, I, I sort of say like it's not really a dream come true because you didn't really dream that that big in terms of like you don't think you can fill a restaurant for six months in advance. Mm. That's yeah, like off the scale. You dream it's of a Michelin of, star because yeah. you're kind of thinking about like that's something you can just like, screw to the wall and go like that's mine. That yeah, yeah. you don't dream like you don't think you don't really dream about that sort of business mm. do you like we want to be six months ahead in business <laughs> yeah, it's not like a... when he comes you're like oh my god how has this happened yeah, yeah um yeah. that's amazing yeah so that's yeah great. next level um well uh, i think we'll probably skip questions because they're a bit shit anyway uh, <laughs> but i reckon we should uh, go on to boiling point this is one of my favorite bits of the podcast where our chefs tell of the real heat of the kitchen i want stories of when you've lost your shit or people have lost their shit on you who, who wants to get first it's up to you, you. you set the pace you yeah, yeah. Set the pace. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, makes sense yeah I was uh, this one wasn't actually on my list I was reminded of this during the refurb I had all sorts of fucking issues and bit, as you expect anyway yeah. um, I've for years I don't know why must just being lucky I've always had issues and arguments with couriers mm-hmm. always end up <laughs> no. falling with couriers yeah <laughs> yeah I know shock horror yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I nearly had a fight with a courier during the whole uh, thing, but I'm not going to go into that story. It reminded me of another one. That's next week's point. Is it? And at the time, I was I was phoning Tony Parkin. I was telling him about it, and he was laughing his head off. <laughs> and then it was oh shit! It reminds me of another story. I was at Mallory Court when I nearly had a fight with a courier. <laughs> Me. And I was telling him he was dying. I was okay. like, I've got to like do that as a boiling point. Was um, at Mallory in lunch service, like full on busy, and I used to come through the back kitchen. All the deliveries used to come that way, regardless wherever you were in a the hotel, they'd fucking come into the kitchen for some reason. <laughs> like, no, it's a chair, mate. Did you get on the pass? Fucking it's a chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it come in the back of the kitchen, and this gangster fucking courier guy come in. He had a box. I don't know who it was for, but it had fragile label all over it and he was like chucking it up in the air <laughs> he's like anyone anyone I was like that says fucking fragile on it dickhead <laughs> anyway the worst thing you can do kissed his teeth and calling me a dickhead in that yeah I was like yeah I fucking am so like, he says fragile it's like glass the or something the worst thing you can do is kiss his teeth <laughs> yeah, like, you're like, a pool, like, just the wrong way. Kiss kiss so irate that just the level of fucking arrogance to it and um, I said to him like your job is to deliver this through and it says fragile like part of your job is to keep it safe and you're fucking chucking up in the air and he was just like just you're going to sign for a while. I took his pen, signed it, and fucked his pen across the <laughs> kitchen, under the sink. I was like, go and get it, you fucking rat. <laughs> I know that's bad, but I've just lost it. And so then he's crawling around under the floor by the garnish section under the sink to try and get his pen. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, hurry up, we're in service. You need to fuck off. <laughs> he just scurried out of the kitchen. Mate, that yeah. is brutal. Yeah, I just, I was, yeah, I was having a bad day and he just, Rubbed me up the wrong way. Could have gone, could have gone two ways. His teeth really at me. Yeah. yeah, but he's just um, calling me a dickhead and that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I fucking am. I love gangster. How with you as well. You oh know. god, yeah. Personal. Oh, <laughs> it was just a beautiful shot with a pen just under the sink, and I, so I ain't getting it for you. Either walk or crawl around I mean, for if it. I, if, I, if I'm him, I'm go- it's a pen. I'm letting the pen go. Yeah. I'm just if it's your last pen, though. Yeah. Oh, it's your last fucking pen. <laughs> he's probably lost three already that day. <laughs> <laughs> Nice one. Mine thing seems a bit tame compared. To that. There's so many that you when I when I saw this was a question. Obviously, I'm thinking that I, there's so many you can't talk about in the. Well, there's so I many you like. Change names and places. <laughs> so I thought I'd go for a, for a 
a reasonably tame one in okay. comparison in comparison really to some of them but um <laughs> i was working at this this country house hotel um like 15 years ago and um there was a new lad on the garnish and we're doing like trumpet mushrooms as mm. all country houses do <laughs> yeah. um, and um so we're in the fucking weeds and this place is like we did i think we did 32 covers sorry 32 tables all twos Oh. And they'd all be on at the same time. Oh. It was like worst. Classic country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, enjoy a canopy. Yeah, have a, have a canopy in the lounge and then cruise when you're ready. Like, <laughs> uh, who's organising this fucking shit show? <laughs> so, so like, we've got everything ready to go, and and um, one of the new lads on the on the garnish uh, was was fucking working his garnish, and he's like, everyone's dying. We're all melting. Um, I'm in the larder, which it's if you imagine like this table being a centre island. It wasn't as posh as a centre island. You had like a half partition, like the old kitchens used to have, mm. where you'd have like stove on one side, stove on one side, with this shitty little wall in the middle yeah. that yeah. you couldn't do anything with. Um, but spectate when it all went bad. Um, <laughs> so, so like we're we're over there getting the garnish, getting the the larder ready. Um, there's a lad on the garnish, uh, and and the chefs on the on the pass, and he just passes up his garnish, and he just takes one swipe of this like little forest air style garnish, and it's like mud. And he hasn't washed his mushrooms. And they're just full of shit. And I mean, oh, like, no. full. And the chef was so angry. Like, we're just expecting, like, that pan's going. Like, it's going to get flinged. Like, something something standard. Yeah, yeah. But he was that angry that he's just gone, like, what? What are you doing? Like, he's absolutely lost it. Completely speechless. Runs across the kitchen to a big stand-up double uh, fridge freezer, like, freezer for, for like, mm. sorbets and ice creams and stuff. From about four yards out, like, has gone for a diving headbutt. <laughs> and... <laughs> and headbutted the fridge and it's like fucking fridge rocks the fridge rocks and it's ready to go and it's like bang and you could tell when he took a step back he's like almost knocked himself out <laughs> but it was like for somebody else's mistake <laughs> but he was so, <laughs> but to be fair the self-control of not grabbing his hands on that chap like it, it obviously it, it bothered him so yeah. r- rather than taking out on this young lad that was new Wow. He'd done the next best thing in his eyes was run at the front, like a, like a four yard out, like a like it was proper, like a, a proper dolphin, like whap. Keith and Ouch in 987 FA Cup yeah, final, yeah, Dolphin Edda. Yeah, yeah, it was the only reference to that goal being made on any podcast yeah. in the country. <laughs> but he's a, like, he's a big lad, like, you know, wow. 20 stone or so, and like he's run at this fridge, oh. and it's like, fridge has rocked. <laughs> oh was it like stunned silent? Everybody, every, you could have had a mouse fart. It was like, <laughs> everyone's like, what just happened? I was inspired. I was like, "Whoa, that's amazing!" <laughs> Everybody's like, "It's serious now. It's serious." But that was wow. that was closest to boiling point I've ever seen anybody. I reckon. That's, that and great. since then, I have had butted a fridge, but <laughs> in, in honor, really, of the moment. But um, yeah. but I, when I saw it, I was like, "Fuck, that's really bothered him." But like you say, when even throwing pans and stuff and shouting is sort of bad, but you're sort of sort used of. to it. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a hot no, pan? No, no, no. But, it's but very bad. It almost becomes standard. You said like, oh, yeah. it's standard, a throwing of a pan, almost. Yeah. Like, we've all seen it. Whereas raised, it changed to the game. To go past that level, to head butter. Well, he had to never, walk, never like, let him know your next move. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had to walk away from the section because like, the, it was... You know, it was the pastry section's fridge that got nutted so it was like it was good going like but, yeah I, I do remember it I was like that was fucking hell that was boiling point that, uh, like, that it was, was yeah. clearly incredibly angry and oh incredibly like, he didn't unleash that on the guy nobody knew what to do it was done yeah, you know what you know normally like, you like before, head know. down head down like crack on like you're right, oh, let's make this sort of, yeah that's what <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> it was like you need a hug. There was there was yeah, there was, th- like, there was thirty seconds. Yeah, there was thirty seconds of like definitely seeing stars. Um, <laughs> that is incredible. But yeah, no, it was it was tough to watch. It was a hard one to watch. If you yeah, like that, and, and like I say, since then I've I've definitely nutted a fridge to show anger. <laughs> oh, but <amazing>. like, <laughs> amazing yeah. story. Okay, great. Well, let's finish up with any cooking hacks and myths. So this is the part where we can offer people bits of advice of things to do in the kitchen or or to stop doing. Yeah, and a new new one recently that I've done for years, but I've just never really thought of, mm-hmm. um, and only come to the forefront of my mind because I'd put it on TikTok. Yeah. Like, you're, so, you're such a TikToker now. I know. You? I'm so you know. I'm forty I'm, this year. I'm trying to get into TikTok. Like it's. I'm forty this year. Big on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because Instagram's failed for me. So I, I got I got hacked and lost the account like three did weeks you? ago. Oh, oh yeah, it was oh, it shit. was it was amazing fun. Um, oh, no. So that was like good for business now suddenly no not so good for business so oh. I started that again and I was like get over the hangover of Instagram disappearing on me I was like shall I start TikTok and I opened the, the account and looked at everybody's TikTok and I thought ah, I think this is a bit above me like <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the editing and stuff I'm like oh this is you get lost in the world of watching it I'll be laid there in bed like video, video, video. <laughs> half, half four in the morning like gone I've yeah. got service in a bit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a very strange world it's different to all the others I'll put, I did a poached egg last Monday, right? And it's had like 2.8 million views. It's right. fucking. Must mental. have been a good egg. Fucking right. It's egg. just a poached uh, egg. Dinosaur egg. Like, I don't put much effort into the production. Some people go all out. There was a hair on the egg. Like, I think it was like an eyelash or something. <laughs> or, um, and I couldn't be bothered to reshoot it. So I took it off and then took the hair off and then cut it to show people it was it's fine I'm not reshooting that and then people went mental because of the hair yeah calling it a pube and I said yeah well your mum left it around the house so you know I kind of engaged the trolls a bit but after that poached egg picked up like 35,000 followers from a fucking poached egg. Nice. But all I said was You're like... A TikTok influencer, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's good going. It's good going, though, isn't it? It must have been yeah. a fucking good But then egg. you do something like fucking nice from a chef point of view. No one gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, slice that. into a Wellington, shake it like a chicken <laughs> dog. <laughs> like, like, Whoa, yes! I'll just leave that there. Like, yeah. Three views. Three views. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, just... Don't... No, note to self, put a pube on an egg. <laughs> <laughs> the um, years ago, the Heston technique of putting cracking it in a sieve, like it's been groundbreaking, but just not using vinegar. So it's a people you don't need vinegar. It's a fresh egg. You just don't need vinegar because right. like, vinegar changes the texture too much for me. Yeah. It goes a bit grainy, a bit bitty, and the flavour I don't like. And it's just a beautiful poached egg, and people were just fucking mind blown. Like, don't need vinegar. Wow. Yeah. So nice. yeah, you just don't need as long as the egg's fresh. Yeah. The water's hot. Because it, it, it's looser the older the egg, isn't it? The yeah. It just yeah, it just, just gets a bit bit looser. Breaks down. It just becomes more. like water. Yeah. 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 And th- that's the point of the the sieve. Because when I saw Heston do it, I was like, oh, that's mental. Yeah. Just that watery bit, just you lose, so you keep like the real thick bit of the white. Yeah. And you don't get all the shit in the water. Yeah. So simple. And I put salt in the water as well. Like, so yeah, many people are like, eh, you shouldn't. It's like, yes, yeah, salt does break down the protein, but not that quickly. Yeah. Not in a poached egg. So it's to season it. Yeah, like just I, you had yeah. seasons yeah. in layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't honestly remember the last time I poached an egg. Really? Serious, yeah. It's not often I do it. It's going to have been a few years ago. It's a bit of a faff, though, isn't it? At home, you just, oh, fucking hell. The amount of people at home, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Microwave, 45 seconds. Wrap it in cling film and drop it in the water. Yeah. My mum used to do that. Those little dishes, those little poached dishes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You put it in the microwave, it'd pop in the middle, and it'd just be like this blister of orange in the middle. 
Oh, it's horrendous. So what, the whites raw, but the fucking yolk is cooked. <laughs> yeah. oh, honestly, it was like burnt, like burnt orange in the middle and then like fleshy around the outside. Fucking Class. Horrendous. Uh, any hacks or myths you can help us with? Um, yeah, a couple of chips couple of with, with when we say in barbecuing, like mm. we were talking earlier about coals and that, but the biggest thing that's the most annoying thing to watch in the world is people that burn on charcoal that's not cooked yet. Like it's yeah. when it's black, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's just like a bit of fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stuff like that. Put that to bed. Let it burn right out to embers until it's white. there's nothing left. White. Yeah, yeah. Stock it up again and and do that a couple of times. So I burn littler batches, but more often to build up a good bed of fire. Uh, so don't put like the whole bag on, no, and then sure. and then light it and be like, we'll have a barbecue in fourteen hours. Yeah. Like yeah. just chuck a handful on. And for the love of all that is mighty, do not light it with fluid Fuck yeah. or or any of these fire lighters fire that lighters. aren't. Yeah. You can get the good ones now that are made of like natural materials yeah, and like the like beeswax the or, or straw. Yeah, thing, yeah, they're ace because they don't taste like anything. Yeah, when you put people lighter <laughs> fluid all over it, yeah. <laughs> who's going to taste yeah. that shit? They left the grill pan on and they're doing it through. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect, classic. even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, little batch, like like you know, a, sco- a scoop or two let it burn another scoop burn and then you're into a good fire mm-hmm. very quickly that's good and you're gonna you're gonna get your barbecue sorted rather than filling the whole bed of the, the barbecue in like mm. your coal for the day yeah. Yeah. then when you need to top it up you've got nothing but yeah, yeah that's what I'd l- find little little even with the little conros yeah. you fill it up there's no oxygen flowing through it either yeah. so you're not it's not going when I started using them it's obviously we, we just kind of found doing the same just get it light in add yeah. a bit add a bit yeah and you just get a good fire going God, yeah that's a good tip. I would not have known that. Mm. Excellent place to end, I think. Thanks again so much to Gusborns for providing us with today's nightcap. Uh, you can go to their website now. It's gusborn.com. You can find out uh, about all their different various wines, vintages. Place your orders now, wherever you are, however you're listening. Thanks so much for downloading. Nathan, thanks so much for making this work as well, because I know it was a bit of an awkward one today to make it work, but no, so thank glad you. you could come down. Yeah, no, thank you. Glad you came down. Yeah, you're, you a, you're, a favorite, you're a Stratford favourite local now. You're doing podcasts here, you're doing GBM here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't think I'll be doing GBM next year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming. Really Wicked. appreciate it. Thank Rather you. Quick cheers, cheers to end the pod. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks again for downloading The Nightcap. And if you loved listening as much as we loved doing it, please do spread the word. Help others find it by leaving a rating and review now on iTunes. You can do that via your podcast app. We'll you'll also find the three previous series of the show. For more content videos, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the nightcap underscore pod. And very soon, we'll be launching our brand new YouTube channel, where for the first time, we'll be putting up every episode of the series for you to watch if you'd rather see our rosy-cheeked faces. Enjoy! Enjoy!